That French cuff shirt is an investment in my business prospects, you see. That's going to make me money. Welcome to the Roots Report. My name is Patrick. I'm Major. And I'm Tim. What are we going to talk about today, Patrick? Well, today we have the uh, rubber apocalypse, the DDIPO, the wealth gap, GM EV, and Netflix video games. I know you had some strong feelings about the uh, Netflix video games there, Major. Uh, did you want to clarify them? Yeah, absolutely. So, a little bit, I lived in a location for a period of time that just physically could not get internet, right? I'm looking at you, Tesla, or Elon Musk, hurry up with that stuff. Yeah, startling. But, like, I just could not get, like, cable run to my house for internet, and I wasn't about to pay a uh, hundred plus dollars a month for HughesNet, right? So when Bandersnatch came out on Netflix, I heard about it. I love Black Mirror. You know, don't get me wrong. I was able to like watch Black Mirror on my phone, but I wasn't going to do like the whole Bandersnatch experience on a six and a half, seven inch screen, right? Especially now I've got a 65 inch OLED that I really want to watch it on. So fast forward a year or two, I was finally able to watch Bandersnatch and it wasn't a great experience. It turns out, like, when I put Netflix on, I want to do nothing but watch TV. I don't have a problem, like, thinking or whatever. But I found it incredibly inconvenient and annoying to have to pick up my remote every couple of minutes or so to create a decision or, like, to interact with it and, and pick a decision. So it made me start thinking more about, like, I was like, is Bandersnatch bad or is the model bad? And, like, I grew up, like, reading the Choose Your Own Adventure games or books. So, like, you know, it was something I was, like, really looking forward to. And it made just just some self-reflection. Like, I put on Netflix to have something on in the background, right? HBO Max has some high-quality premium stuff. Disney Plus has uh, some premium content. Netflix tried to do Jupiter's Legacy, and it was a huge swing and a miss, especially for how much money they spent on that TV show. And it just made me come to realize, like, I don't want to interact with Netflix. And so Netflix creating, like, a soiree into video games is just unappealing or unattractive to me. What do you guys think? Uh, are, you guys, are you guys looking forward to this? How, how would they even do it? Like... So Can I sync I think, up with my wireless Xbox controller, or am I controlling everything through a remote on, like, my TV remote? Yeah, I think uh, what you brought up was a good point. Um, so I think I think what Netflix is trying to do is to swallow a larger share of this uh, mobile gaming market that everybody seems so hot to get in on. Um, I don't know if they'll be successful in that, but like you said with Bandersnatch... I think that was a very active participation in a rather passive uh, activity. You know, like, when people are watching movies, they're not looking to interact with it, really. It's more of a passive thing that you just enjoy right. doing by yourself or with others that you just want to relax. And uh, whereas video games, like, I always liked uh, the choose-your-own-adventure video games because, I don't know, it's kind of fun to go through, see what Fable. type of choices you are, you know, just Fable. have fun. Yeah, Fable, or uh, I even nerded out on, like, the text-based ones sometimes. Cause I'm a, I've heard about those. Yeah, like, I'm an uh, enormous nerd. You know, so uh, like your character walks into a but, room, and you have to, like, text-type, like, what, uh, oh, I love it. 
probably creates better DD. Yeah. Yeah, that or uh, they have like ones where like it's like a choose your own kind of the same thing where you just like click what choice you want. You know, I've played those. I don't, I don't think they're bad. You know, they're just like a kind of like a fun little game. You know, you don't have to yeah, worry a lot niche. about it. But it's not what I want to do if I'm about to watch a movie or something. If I'm about to watch a movie, I'm going to kick my shoes off and just hang out. You know, I'm not trying to do all this stuff. But if they made video games for people who are looking for video games, it could be if they uh, actually do this right. However, I thought an important thing to bring up. So an important thing to note on uh, Netflix, I thought, was like, when is diversifying your business a good thing versus a bad thing? I mean, sure, video games and movies, they're both media, but does Netflix really have the staff and uh, expertise to pull this off? Yeah. Like, like... is this going to be a boon to their... uh, business or is it going to just end up costing them money yeah it's it's not really matching with the rest of their brand at the moment like they're a video platform like they're a monthly subscription that everyone knows that they can go and watch their favorite netflix reality show or like whatever the heck series they've gotten themselves wound up in like to all of a sudden completely change and release some games like they may be bandersnatch like but that's still kind of like it's a different market that they're maybe trying to break into so i don't know right i mean it makes sense right i we've seen through the the global lockdown pandemic netflix you know shares in, increasing in, in in price right we've seen mm-hmm. their subscription base increase uh even though they just reported q2 earnings q2 right yeah uh that missed the bottom line overall they had uh, a net subscriber increase that actually beat estimates which still blows my mind who is who is now just getting into Netflix? Yeah, I I'd imagine it's just like couples that have broken up, and it's like, ah, oh, that was I was using my boyfriend's Netflix, and I gotta get my <laughs> own. I don't know, but Netflix definitely needs to do something to distinguish themselves as a streaming service, right? Like Hulu has such great content, and it's fast, right? Like Celebrity Family Feud airs on Monday, and then like it's on Hulu by Tuesday or whatever, right? So you go to Hulu for for more recent uh, TV stuff, you've got some great premium content on Disney Plus and HBO Max. Like what? Like Netflix just seems so mediocre, but it's still like the service of choice, right? Like if you had to pick one streaming service for the rest of your life, it'd probably be Netflix based on their diversity, right? Right. 98% of the shows they have on Netflix, I don't care about. I'll never watch. But 2% of that, I'll sleep through. I'll start watching and take a nap. Well, and I've noticed what uh, I think Netflix does really well, <clears throat> as opposed to the other uh, ones like Hulu and even Disney Plus. I think Disney, you know, they have such a great uh, sector that like people who love Disney are always going to go to Disney, right? Like even Forever. I have Disney Plus because I love Disney movies and they come out with some good ones. And you know, you get all the Marvel ones, so of course I'm going to get some Disney. Don't um, get Star Wars, National yeah, Geographic. Yeah, They've got a huge huge ip enormous and so they really corner the market on like what they've already built as an ip over you know ever since walt disney um but where i think netflix has really cornered the market is in their ability to offer tailored content and those are the people that's what people subscribe for and i think they realize that is that people are subscribing because they want to watch these specific shows they can't get anywhere else right so how are they to changing well netflix invests enormous amounts of money coming up with uh, originals like every year they spend more on their originals now than they 
do on uh, acquiring other people's content. So I think they are doing some good stuff with that. But is video game? I mean, video games aren't movies, you know, and those things don't really translate. Actually, I mean, I don't see how a video game or a movie company is going. I mean, it's just kind of like adding on a second business. I don't think that they'll get a lot of cross uh, or what would you call it vertical in a horizontal integration horizontal integration right so you think people aren't going to start playing video games on netflix you think people are going to sign up for netflix to play video games is it a subscription service actually i mean like well i mean netflix is a a subscription service i would imagine no one likes getting nickel and dimed i'd imagine the video game services are going to be lumped into their streaming services it's just going to be like i think from the article i've read it's just going to be like a category right like you've got comedy drama uh, reality games. and then video games huh, maybe uh yeah i don't think there's a lot of i mean like there's right there's video game people and there's movie people so i don't really think that's i wouldn't pay extra for video games for netflix and i wouldn't uh, mind it yeah. as a separate service are you going to need some sort of hardware for it like a controller of some sort is it just going to work on everybody's like average remote control for their tv like what how's it gonna yeah let me that's that's the big question like yeah. i do not want to play video games on my tv remote and like heaven forbid if someone set up the universal remote features on like their cable box remote like from spectrum or direct tv like trying to play uh, a video game on a TI-89 calculator just does not sound fun or appealing. But I think Netflix is starting out in the mobile gaming industry. Yeah, it looks so like, from what I can maybe see... Maybe you just open up the Netflix app, click on video games, right. and then you can just play right on your phone. Then all you have to do is just stream it to your TV, right? And I'm not sure... I've never been one of these people, but I know there are a lot of people who, like, play Fortnite or Call of Duty or Need for Speed on their cell phone. And I think they enjoy it i don't know i don't understand how but to each their own if they enjoy it that's great so like you know you can definitely i don't get me wrong i play video games on my phone just not with simulated d-pads or or joysticks yeah i don't know it'll be interesting to see if they can pull it off i don't know what to look forward to good luck netflix as someone who uh has been paying for netflix their entire life wink wink I am quite looking What's forward to extra value. Yeah, uh, and how did you cause... pay for Netflix your entire life? You're not that young. Uh, I I am not that. All right, guys. There's a lot of holes <laughs> in, in what I just said. Much like the business strategies of Netflix. Uh, is this yeah, a Bandersnap? Like like, can I go back like an... and, and select a different option? <laughs> yeah, this is not Bandersnap. It looks like there's just a lot of a. It's just like an add-on. So I I don't know how successful that's really going to be. I mean, maybe they're just thinking, oh, we'll make some cheap games. I don't know. Um, We will definitely follow up on it in a later podcast as more details and information and numbers in the world. Maybe they just blow us away with how good they are. All right, hold up, Patrick. When is the last time anything on Netflix has blown you away? Mm, Bandersnatch was pretty good. (laughs) I would say. Uh, Let's see. (laughs) Uh, you know, actually, uh, I watched Sweet Tooth original recently. Ooh, I thought that was pretty how good. good. Like, really? I really liked the uh, directing hmm. in it. I thought it had a really good uh, flavor. It was almost kind of like somewhere in between uh, Tim Burton and Wes Anderson film. It was like it was a very oh. interesting cross. Okay, it had you a lot of flavor. Like Wes Anderson films. I do. I like the Tim Burton too, but you know, gross, Patrick. Oh I still love you, but Wes gross. An- Wes Anderson is a fucking god among men. In comparison, I mean, he just—it's a—it's a good 
He's he's got a lot of <laughs> lot of uh, style, you know. Nah. Like Spielberg's of- good, you know. He makes excellent movies. I would say he's a little bit bland. When uh, speaking of God among men, you can just give me Loki all day. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't know who directed that. I, well, she was fantastic, and she will not be back for season two. Hold on, hold on, <laughs> hold on. Don't ruin it. No, no, spoilers. no spoilers. No spoilers for Loki. Yeah, no spoilers. That's, yeah, that's just the uh, uh, besides who, who directed it, right? Yeah, I'll spoil this for you, Tim. No, 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 no. You're missing out. You're missing out on life by not having watched it. I'm gonna watch yeah, an episode watch after we're done here. So. <laughs> get one in sweet tune in next week for tim's review of loki yeah. season one <laughs> season one disney sponsor us please, please. disney we'll include uh, the mouse in every episode yeah the mouse never bet against the mouse not yeah i was gonna say life. this is uh this is a stock podcast how do you go right. through an entire episode without mentioning disney i know they're a great company man i, I mean i was Bitcoin. i was i was about them for a long long time still am I mean, they have a lot going for them. I was looking at them during the pandemic. A lot of people said, oh, they'll fall or whatever because they're hurting about the thing. But they have so many avenues, you know, and they're so good at so just, many revenue streams. just pivoting. You know, they went, oh, well, if we're going to be locked down, let's launch our own streaming service, you know, and have all the Disney available on that and sell Mulan for $30. A very, very true. And people just bought it up, you know. I really liked Black Mulan. I really liked Mulan. I haven't seen the Dis- new one. Disney, if you're listening, I am an avid, avid fan of <laughs> everything you've done in the last couple decades. I know. But they... I would like $30 back for Black Widow. <laughs> and if you really care, I've got a whole podcast about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was not a fan. But anyway, you know I am a fan of? Making money. You know what's better than a money tree? A rubber tree. <laughs> Let's get back on track. <laughs> um, I guess. Patrick, why are you talking about rubber trees? Well, actually, it turns out that through the uh, COVID, the supply chain of rubber, which is cl- a critical material, you know, we use rubber every day for cars, personal protective equipment. He's talking about condoms. Um, as oh. well as condoms. Yeah, condoms. PPE. You know, everybody needs the OG PPE. Yeah. <clears throat> so you need all that stuff. Uh, you need it for all this stuff, and uh, well, we're just not getting enough of it with the supply chain disruptions. It's a agri product, so I'm sure it spoils just as well if it's not processed soon enough. Hmm. Um, not that we. Patrick, have. are you suggesting we go long on lambskin ETFs? Lambskin, yeah, we're gonna need that instead of a. Uh, is that a is this. that a commodity? I hope so. <laughs> lambskins. Are for, you talking about condoms. lambskins? Yes. The condoms. Or, yes, yes, lambskin. Or you want? Uh, or you just? No, I just want lambskins. I just want to invest in commodity lambskins because they're going to have to use more of them. The only place I know to get a lambskin is oh. IKEA. Oh. You can ask your mom for some lambskins. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. So it turns that. out, <laughs> ironically, uh, about most of the rubber in the world comes from Thailand. And I imagine most of that goes to condoms there. Um, but so it's about $140 million worth of natural rubber since March 21, 21 alone. Just in Q1, we imported, the U.S. imported $140 million worth of rubber. Uh, yeah, in March. So, I mean, you know, we're going to need a lot of it. And there's just not enough of it. That's supply and demand right there, baby. And that's one of the things I really like Ooh, about. I smell money. Uh, <laughs> one of the things I really like about uh, this is that. 
you know, it kind of brings me back to like, you have to think about everything, right? So if you want to invest in Michelin, you can't just think about like their board of directors. You also have to think about everything. The supply chain. Yeah, yeah. that goes that into it, you know, and how rubber is going to affect them and, you know, shipping from Thailand. Yeah. And that's, I'm really glad you brought that up because that's a really important part, right? Having like a broader picture of everything. You can be super bullish on the company, right? Like, you know, I love insert your semiconductor uh, company here, right? right? But as soon as like the, the world runs out of semiconductors, you know, something's going to happen. And <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I like to trade a little bit less risk adverse and, you know, capitalize on, on smart due diligence and research and, and fundamentals uh, in a company. One of the most important things you need to do is keep an eye on the 10,000 foot view. Right. Yeah. You have to look at your, uh, your strengths, weaknesses, and most importantly, your threats and opportunities. That's where that comes in. So <clears throat> threat to uh, oh, Michelin. Yeah. Threat to Michelin. Hmm. Rubber supply train problems. Do we know if there's anything, uh, any like tire shortages coming to now? That's a good question because not just, you know, what, 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 what do we make with rubber? Well, like what don't we make with rubber? Uh, so how, like, you know, you mentioned Michelin, but what about cars in general? We just got that recent data with the consumer price index being bolstered up mostly from the increase in used car sales. Used cars, those are tires. Right. They've got four of them. Some of them have five. And with, you know, we talked about it last week with everyone being locked up for over a year. We're probably going to see a huge influx in travel. So those tires are going to be hitting the pavement. We're going to get some more wear and tear. There's, you know, more potholes because, you know, I, well, I did see a lot of construction yeah. workers working through the pandemic. Well, according, But I'd imagine somewhere they weren't. So these potholes might have been like true getting bigger. What are the use of natural rubbers? Um, mostly condoms, most <laughs> medical equipment and uh, latex gloves and stuff. Medical equipment. Um. It, Aircraft Shit. tires, pacifiers, clothing. I mean, we know toys. we've been using more of that. I'm pretty sure my mouse pad here is rubber. Random, random shit. You have a mouse pad? You're so, you're so fancy. Go spend five dollars, get a mouse pad. I've got high quality refer. What is that fancy term for the uh, reclaimed wood uh, desk I bought from Magnolia, and the traction seems to be pretty good. It has been a while. I need to go to like. A job fair or something stupid that hands <clears throat> out uh, free mouse pads because you're like spend five dollars and I'm over here, I'm over here thinking like five dollars like that's five more shares of DNN I can buy right now. I'm I'm sending you a link. Just get a custom picture of your wife or something. Oh, that's a that's a good idea. No, I want a custom picture of our logo. Ooh, that seems super fun. That's Classy. super sick. Actually, we should get, do get, that. Get the double. Get the double. R. I'm gonna start uh, monogramming all my towels. With double R too. <laughs> Damn, that is a classy move, Patrick. That is a classy Ho move. Hotel Pat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get two. One that says RR and, and the other one says LLC on it. And I'm going to place it left and right uh, on my little towel hanger. Brilliant. Well, speaking of uh, cars, where apparently rubber is not a main product of because they use uh, artificial... I know, artificial latex. Could you believe it? Uh, I mean... I saw James Bond 
have like self-healing tires or tires that can be like shot out or whatever like how is this not like well, they, they a standard on every car i know yeah exactly how like for insurance purposes how is this not a standard on every I'm single i'm tired car? of these fucking bullshit tires. with construction being literally on one road per transit Right? right, I don't know about you guys, but like I can't go, I can't, I can't go from point A to point B without hitting at least one road that's being constructed. Yeah, for sure. on. I don't know how it's not like a, a damn standard. I, I have to drive 15 minutes to work right now, and there's two different parts where they're doing construction. It sucks, right? Construction calls on construction, construction ETFs. I was saying that before. Construction ETFs yeah, all I the know. way, especially with maybe the infrastructure bill coming. I feel like there's just going to be more money for more construction. Hmm. It's going to be huge. Palantir with their building. The huge. Builder, huge. Builder foundry. Yeah. Now, do you think all this uh, construction work is uh, wrecking havoc on the U.S. auto industry at all? How? I know uh, GM had some problems where they needed to recall a bunch of their uh, electric Chevy bolts. Oh, that's true. Uh, that's more about needing to reconstruct their design process can you imagine getting a push notification from like you buy a 30 forty thousand dollar car or whatever you buy a twenty thousand dollar car and then you get like an email notification from your dealership or the manufacturer and it's like if you charge your your car like you need to be with it like the whole time (laughs) like can you imagine standing at a gas pump for like two hours or however long it takes to charge like a Chevy? also don't bring it anywhere near your house because it may light on fire Oh, what? Right, and I think, like, <clears throat> yeah, it said don't, like, charge it near your house. Yeah, or park. It says, <laughs> last year to park outside and away from homes. Fuck that. <laughs> because it might just light a fire. I mean, you know. That's crazy. To answer my own question, it takes about nine and a half hours to charge your, your bolt completely. Which is... Insane. About 1.5 times as much as I get sleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can't even sleep that off. Dang, that sucks, actually. Like... Yeah. You'd like go park it somewhere, go home, like have dinner, go to bed, wake up the next day, and like your car would just barely be charged. Fire. Yeah. Right? Imagine getting home from a long, stressful day at work because you're underpaid and you're making less money than ever before because inflation is through the roof, right? And then you plug your Chevy Bolt in and you go inside, you have a drink, you start relaxing, you take out the shoes, you throw off the uh, Roots Research cufflinks you bought cool. online. And then you come downstairs, you greet your wife, and you're like, honey, are you are you burning the dinner? And she's like, no, dinner's out of the oven. And then you realize it's your fucking car. Yeah, burning your, your house garage down. is on fire. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, and, like, fucked. we joke about this, but, like, that's actually happened to people. I mean, not the exact scenario, but, like, it's caused, like, multiple fires. Uh, In people's garage. I hope everyone's okay from that. Uh, not living rooms, but, like, you know, starting their garages. Yeah. There's two, yeah, two recent pretty- fires in vehicles. That was the yep. like prod for the recall, I guess. As a little of a impressive aside, uh, apparently at a charging station, a Tesla can go to 50% in 20 minutes and one and a half hours to 100%. So compared to nine hours, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, that's the new tablet's battery for, uh, with Teslas. They charge faster and hold charges longer. Ooh. I'm having Samsung Note 7 flashbacks. <laughs> right, right, right. Those were the phones that blew, blew up in people's pockets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember that. They couldn't, you couldn't get on a plane with them anymore either. That was hilarious. Right? He's got a shoe. No, it's a Note 7. Tackle him. 
So if I'm in the market for an EV, Patrick, would I want to steer away from GM and go towards Tesla? Or has Elon Musk uh, ruined that again for everyone? As far as uh, buying a personal vehicle, you do you. But what I was going to say is that on a business note is that, I mean, you know, recently we had the big, with Tesla rising to fame, we had the big EV pump. Everybody had to have an EV. You know, every company was coming out with their EV, you know. And uh, it worked. Look at Ford. Yeah. Right. The, the the old. Well, that was because of their effort. It is that was because of their deal with uh, Oshkosh. Is it? Wasn't it? I think mostly they had a massive. But they had to have a reason for the deal. Well, yeah, but and they I had to have a massive government uh, contract. Never hurts. Now this is my thing because this has happened with tech from like the very beginning. Google, right? The well, the company that had the former company that's now known as Google got like a tech startup. Uh, loan or, or free money from the government. The government doesn't have any money. It has my money. It has your money. Right. It does not have Tim's money, but Tim has his own government and his own problems. Yeah. Uh, as in a quote unquote investor, right? Because if I give money to you and then you spend that money in a tech company, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I feel like I'm a shareholder. I want returns from these big tech investments from the government. And instead, I'm just paying out the ass in taxes, way more than Amazon or Netflix. Anyway, right. that's a different rant. Right. And like, so the point is, it's like that they're supposed to spur businesses, which increase our tax revenue eventually. But then they just fucking hire all these tax people to not pay any taxes. And it's bullshit. Right. You know? it's, it's the only massive. taxes, the only tax revenue the government's seeing is from sales tax because you just pay an extra $10,000 for a truck. Well, we were going to buy that shit anyway, because if it was made in Germany, we would still buy it. I mean, now if it's a Volkswagen. Uh, Those TDIs. Ooh. Sorry. That's my own personal gripe with Volkswagen. I just don't think if you lie yeah, on that was a scale to, uh, I mean, like, you know, I'm 99% sure I'm going to have kids one day, especially if this rubber shortage continues. Right, guys? <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going to have kids one day. 2022. They, they, they need a planet to live on. And if Volkswagen's going around, you know, purposefully manipulating tests to pass uh, eco-friendly government regulations where they're just polluting the planet for profit. And I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I'm in the stock market, baby. I'm here to make money. However... I've got a lot of dividends, and those dividends are going to my kids. So they need a plan to live on for those dividends to to reap the sure. benefits. Anyway, fuck you, Volkswagen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what I'm I was just trying saying, to say, though, I'm just saying, was, ste- I'm just saying, that, I'm just saying, strike one was the Hitler vehicle, in a hot the Hitler mobile, and you have a product yeah. that's hot at the time. I mean, obviously, with GM uh, causing fires with their Volt. And also, uh, you know, the fact that it takes nine fucking hours Tesla. to charge. Stick with, you know, stick with the, yeah. the main boys. Like Tesla, yeah, EV's cool. EV's the wave of the future. But not everybody can do an EV. It's obviously not that simple. So, you know, be careful out there if you're just buying into a hype market. Yeah, that's true. Right? The car or the stock. Now, do you think the EV market's dead? As an investor, you're not giving... I mean, I know... We don't give financial advice on here, but if I was looking to invest in the next hot topic, as we've previously discussed on different episodes, on previous episodes, you know, it's probably not going to be asteroid mining for a couple more years. <laughs> yeah, a so, couple more years. 
right? Okay, Chuck Schumer says they don't have enough votes for pot, <laughs> so it's probably not going to be marijuana. I, I mean, I think it's great what California's doing with the psychedelics and legalizing those. Check out a previous episode if you want to learn more about that. But I'm still looking for the next hot sector, and it seems like you know money cycling out of it went it cycled out of EV and growth stocks went to like value stocks, and then banks got hit really hard. So like. Where is the money going now? Like, should I'll I? I'll tell you where the money's going. It's going straight to the top zero 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 one percent of rich people, because that the top like eighteen people hold one point three five percent of all of U.S. wealth. That's where that's the real cycle. Is the real cycle is cyclical into rich people's pockets right now? The middle class right, the rich is get just richer. fucking disappearing, and we're uh, entering the next. Gilded Age. I mean, the last time it was like this, it was not even this bad. And that was at the time right? of Rockefellers, where people literally had massive monopolies and just controlled like everything that you did. That's that's and whenever like one family owned oil and like one family owned steel, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. yeah. The Rockefellers were oil and Carnegie was steel. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, they just owned all of it. They just had massive monopolies. And ironically, actually, uh, <clears throat> Rockefeller, after the uh, big bust came, uh, he said, I made more money having all of my companies split up into smaller companies than I ever did as them being one. Wow. Because he had owned, like, percentages of all these uh, subsidiaries. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just right. like we're entering an, the next big problem, which is that you know, people are just poorer than ever, whereas the other side is just richer than ever. Yeah. Some people have it all, and some people are just poor, which I never think is good for the economy because you just lose a large percentage of uh, absolutely people who can buy shit. But and the less people buying shit, the less well off the economy is, right? But if you want to and... look at it from purely a, uh, yeah, you're exactly right, Major. But if you want to look at it from purely a economic or like stock point of view, hey. Bernard Alma, <clears throat> previous episode, just uh, became the one of the richest men in the world, or the richest men in the world, for a couple short hours with his holdings in uh, luxury goods. So that tells you anything about the wealth gap widening. I don't know what else. Right? Luxury. Luxury goods. Yeah. Luxury. Who was buying Louis Vuitton during the pandemic? People who had all the fucking anyway, money I, that they needed. Right? You know? yes. People who weren't worried at all. Yeah. It's like, hey, no one, I can't go outside. Everything's shut down, but I want to wear these new shoes for myself. And like, hey, girl, if that's you, you do you yeah. or whatever. But like people stress buying shit. <clears throat> yeah. Now, I know China had a lot to do with that. And I point that out because we've experienced a lot of, of FUD lately with China. But I think and I haven't quite formulated an overall like opinion yet. But from what I have researched, it doesn't seem like the worst idea. Like, it sucks right now, especially because, you know, if you've got some Chinese stocks, heaven forbid if you bought into DD, DIDI, uh, on the IPO, right? I mean, they've got 80 plus percent of the market share in Riot Space in China, you know, the country with the largest population. But if you look back and like, if we go back to 2014, right? Like, China had to address Alibaba, uh, illegally selling illegal products right uh all, all the the knockoff brands and stuff like they've got a big problem and they had to address it to keep investors there for the long run 
And yes, it hurt the share price of Alibaba after its IPO in 2014, 2015 or whatever. But imagine if they waited till like now or last year to to address the problem. Then instead of the share price going from X to Y, it's going from 100 down to, to $50 or something like that when China investigates it. Uh, just using completely made up numbers based on um, recent China percentages. Fisher, uh, right, like DD going from like 18, you know, shit. DD should probably be around like $24, $25 right now. And it's trading, you know, in, in that 11 to $12 price range. I mean, yeah, I personally, having lived in uh, China for two years, I can tell you that DD is the name of, like, you just say that I'm going to take ADD. Like, that's, I'll just get you a DD. It's like Uber for here, only even more so. Like, they don't even have, like, a Lyft. No one uses another one that I can even think of or ever heard of. Everybody Yeah, I tried to Google. I was like, oh, DD's, like, getting off the App Store. Like, let me go ahead and, and invest in a competitor because that's, like, where the market share is going to go. Competitor? And it was incredibly hard to find. Yeah. Also, is that, incredibly, is that incredibly clever wordplay? Because, like, I know here in the States, I'm always looking for a DD. Oh, uh, no, it's not. Uh, it actually stands okay. for, it's a little brother is what that is. Oh. Yeah. Well, I'm so. sure if I had a larger family, my little brother would be my DD as yeah, well. Yeah, it's not designated driver. It's a oh, little right. brother. I thought you were just saying little brothers are the designated drivers. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> no, it's a, it liter- <laughs> DD is literally little brother. Well, is uh, there anything else we need to talk about today, guys? I didn't have anything. Um, Major, was there anything you wanted to go over? I mean, I've got about three more hours of venting about market manipulation that we've seen in the market, but that doesn't seem appropriate for this podcast. Maybe tune in next time to hear more about market manipulation (laughs) and how it affects the market and how I personally plan on profiting from it. How great would that filing be? Be like, uh, Roots Research LLC is spinning off a subsidiary into Root Research. When asked for a question, the board said, because Major really liked the past tense of Roots <laughs> and <laughs> lost the vote <laughs> before the LLC. 